0: number of beautiful codes and this is, might be one of them, it actually is very complex to make things simple. It's very simple to make things complex. So, uh, prefer to, you know, we prefer to crack our heads, uh, make it overly complex initially, so things become simple enough. So, as we onboard new people, it's easy for them to get used to what's there. It's not complex for every new member that joins the team. It's only complex for us to define it initially, right? At the beginning or at every phase of when we're changing some things. So I wanted to do version control as well as part of my requirement to these test cases. So here's the approach I've taken so far. And I have a feeling this might just work as a design pattern. So I again opened up TextMate, one of Sublime, the editor of your choice, or a Markdown editor like Typora is one of them that I occasionally use. But again, if you're familiar with Markdown syntax, you, don't need an, you just need a text editor. You can go start typing that stuff. And uh, I was just doing it on TextMate, right? um i had only two or three levels right hash 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 and three hashes maybe and then the dash essentially right so very basic structure bullets and and subheadings essentially i started writing them out quickly saying hey uh security Then the second subheading would be sign up then sign up using facebook sign up using database sign up using uh, uh apple then sign in uh, and then verifying account etc so it becomes part of one file and then within sign up uh, using facebook i i Uh, just document the test cases, which is, hey, if you already have Facebook installed, if you're testing mobile, your mobile integration, what happens then? What if you don't have Facebook installed on your phone, and then you're trying to log in using Facebook, what is the experience then? Uh, With Apple, it's not on Android, just on iPhones, Uh, and if it's uh, on the web app, the experience is slightly different, right? So, you you may have logged into Facebook uh, in the current browser uh, in the same session or you may not have logged into Facebook so what should those cases be so I quick, quickly write them down you know it's not like I don't necessarily start every test case at the beginning saying do go sign in as this user do this blah 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 before you get the the meat of the test case or the heart of the test case as a vegetarian I should probably use that word uh, anyway so uh, but that, that becomes very verbose. So this is more like a developer writing test cases, right? Not so much like a tester writing test cases. So they're independently understandable and executable. Uh, but again, we don't try, We don't try. I've tried not to state the obvious in every test case and make it like 200 lines long. So it's pretty crisp and succinct, a whole lot more succinct than this video is. So it takes me like say five minutes, less than 10 minutes to write up that security test case for everything I mentioned. Sign up using email and password, Sign up using Facebook, Apple, activating your account, receiving the email, clicking that, making sure the token's valid uh, in a window of time, captures, recaptchas, securities, uh, making sure bots cannot sign up to your platform, and then you sign in using uh, again Facebook, Apple, uh, hopefully uh, soon, then later Google, and now uh, the databases, the the email uh, password credentials as well. All of these things, and there's a lot more. I, I'm just going through, rushing through them as you can tell. Uh, you're able to write this if you understand what the product does. It takes you not too much time, like say 10 minutes literally, to write all of these up. And now I actually come at this, create a repo that uh, we use for documentation. I created a directory for test cases. But you could, I can see, our, given the number of things we do, I expect to sort of extrapolate that and create a new GitHub repo just for test cases. And then you come at this and it becomes part of your version control. Right. So, you know when you actually created these test cases and then I make changes to these test cases. I don't have to worry about tracking the numbers. I can have release notes and then the versions uh, to tell me which versions those are. I'm not I don't have version numbers on the test cases on each of those files or on the directories. So it starts to look pretty clean from the get go. Now that you have those test cases, let's say you go to the GitHub repo, your team, your dev team, your testing team can clone that repo, check out those test cases, and if I'm only interested in, uh, as a tester, in certain aspects of the product, let's say I'm interested in conversations and notifications, right? I clone the repo, but I'm focusing on these test cases and those directories. I can make changes to those test cases, update them, fix any mistakes that are there and uh, commit them. So, I, again, we build up a nice, beautiful, Git history of these test cases, which a lot of the cot solutions, I'm not sure if they provide or even if they did, if they gracefully do it or even if they gracefully did it, they did it at a price point that's affordable to you as a startup, right? This, is, this causes nothing. It's part of your GitHub subscription. You can, you know, whatever subscription you have, you create as many repos as you want and you stick them in, stick them into the GitHub repo. Now, the second part of the question is, how do you, and again, uh, by virtue of doing this, multiple testers and team members can contribute to the same test cases. And if you run into merge conflicts, which is reasonably unlikely, it's not terribly hard to fix them. Uh, whereas if you did that in a COD solution, it, it actually can get very challenging, no matter which one you use. Uh, if multiple testers or members actually try to contribute to the same set of suite of test cases at the same point of time. I don't think it lends itself very gracefully, not that I've seen at least. Now you've created the test cases. What about the execution part, right? The tools that you're using give you a nice column sometimes that says test runs one, two, three, whatnot. It tells you who executed the test cases, when they executed it. I can add reports, tie them to your bug tracking tool and whatnot. So that's the second part of what you need. Obviously, since you're doing a homegrown solution, you may or may not get all of it, but I'm just going to give you some pointers as to how you could use it and make yourself and your team more efficient because this is one part of the problem. If we don't solve the second part of the problem, this is not going to be any useful at all, right? So, uh, it, it's, it, it, um, I don't want to digress, but it reminds me of what Michael Caine sees in Prestige, the movie, my favorite movie as to what three steps... Uh, of magic. uh, uh, If you're you're performing magic, what are the three steps? And I think he says the third one is just as important as probably more important than the first two. Uh, I know why I thought about that reference as an example. Ignore it. Back to what I'm saying. So the second part of the test cases. How do you execute these and run these test cases, right? I mean, I'm exploring that as we speak. So I don't have a perfectly great answer, but I know that I have an answer, uh, one that will actually work. So now the test case executions, uh, you may want to version control those as well. So you can actually say, hey, you know what? Krish ran, executed this test case number 1.2.5 version of that, of that uh, test case on uh, this application. Uh, But at what time, when did Krish run it? What were the results of that? What bugs were created and so on and so forth? One, one option and you may want to version control those results. So you can sort of reference them down the road. If you were to have found a bug in production and if you want to figure out who tested it and what they may or may not have tested, in this case, me, you can go back and look at it, right? It's all version control. It's the time timestamp time is there. It makes life a whole lot easier if you wanted to do that kind of reporting down the road. We don't care necessarily to do the reporting, but if you did, it could still uh, lend itself nicely to, to doing that kind of reporting. Now to execute it, right? One option I've tried and it seems to work all right is I can copy... The actual raw file go to github open the file and copy the test case right and literally do an apple c and apple uh, a and apple uh, put it in your buffer then go to google sheets for instance just do an apple v and stick it there now because it's it's a markdown syntax and then you're doing a raw copy it actually pastes, pastes itself quite gracefully into that spreadsheet you and you put it in the spreadsheet it puts it into one column which is perfectly which is perfect and then there's, a, I just need to add a second column that says run, run number one or something, right? And then I start executing it. You know, it's either we, you can customize your spreadsheet So you can say past, failed, or you can have glyphicons, whatever you want to do, right? So you can, uh, when you're running the test cases, just go say past, fail, past, fail, past, fail. Uh, and then you could have macros and stuff if you wanted to beef this up to even support further levels of reporting and percentages and failures and whatnot. But you know what? we want to make sure most of them pass uh, the ones we care for are the ones that actually fail so there are other ways you can tell which ones failed uh, I, will, I can give you even further answers if you want to put, copy this and if you don't want to put it in a spreadsheet you can put it in another text document which is also what I tried with the past failed as text um, which works just fine and then you version control those results because then you know who committed it that tells you that who ran the test Uh, When they ran it by virtue of when the comment happened essentially right When the execution whenever the execution was Uh, And then if you wanted to do further reporting and do something cooler You could actually write scripts uh, shell scripts right to read uh, Test cases and find out everything that passed or failed now if I have like a hundred test cases and a number of people run it Dev developers and testers and then they push those changes. I can essentially uh, you know, before even I merge it into a, a developer or a master branch, I can have a feature test cases branch and I can pull, check out that particular branch and run some quick, even if I don't write some fancy shell scripts, I can write like grep commands, right, or find an XR or the basics, reasonably basic find commands on, on Linux or, or, or Mac uh, to actually find out all the test cases that fail, right? Uh, now, it, it, it's actually very simple. You write that script, make it part of the same repo, which is a convenient script. You run that script, it'll tell you you ran a thousand uh, test cases or whatever, uh, 35 of them failed. And then you can now dig deeper into why they failed. And in, in the documentation that your team is actually doing, when they execute the test cases, you can come up with a structure. I, I might, I'll share that structure with you probably in another video. Uh, You can cover the structure that makes sense for you. So, the team follows the template and they basically report the results of that uh, on that file, right? Literally, they copy the test cases, have an execution and then they, they document the results of the test case in that file. So, when you do the grep and you find out, you know that these test cases failed and you also find out why they failed, right?